Welcome to the Euro What, episode number 100 for the week of December 14th, 2020. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about wrapping up 2020 and sending it far, far, far away. Yes. <laughs> oh, we get to close the book on this wretched year, Mike. Ah, oh, it's I mean, so nice. It, yeah. it's a, and like, ultimately... Was it the 2020 I expected? No. I feel like it was still a very good year. In its own, in its own way. I'm going to immediately walk that one back. In its own way. Uh, this podcast has two hosts. This um. podcast has two hosts, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, was, it was a weird year. It has, it has ups. It has downs. As do most years. But this one, it's just all over the place. I, I think the best way to describe it is maybe being carsick. Uh, just uh, from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just gonna keep the air sickness bag near me just in case there's mm. one more little bit of turbulence. Oh, remember flying. Remember <laughs> remember planes. <laughs> yeah. Also, we've hit 100 episodes. We did that. One of the things we did for our 100th episode is we sent out a call for questions, and we got questions. Yay! First, a friend of the show and two-time guest Helen sent us a question. So this is what she wrote. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm proud to have been a part of it. Quick cue, how do we feel about the Eurovision movie getting a Grammy nomination while the actual Eurovision entries continually get ignored? Surely they'd count towards the world music categories or any of the hundred other ones. I like that we, we both saw this question come in and immediately was like, this is great, I have thoughts. There's two parts to this question. Sure, the Grammys has world music or I think, I forget if it changed from global to world or world to global. They made that change this year to try and get away from some of the negative connotations that world music sort of has attached to it mm-hmm. typically the the albums that fit in there i don't necessarily think of them as pop i think of them as 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 part of sort of the the broader genres of what you can do with music like it tends to be a very specific sort of album that gets picked up there mm-hmm. yes the grammys advertise themselves as music's biggest night but there's some really tiny print in front of that because the grammys are still primarily an american music award show right the voting body is largely made up of American music professionals. They tend to have a very American-centric point of view. So it doesn't surprise me that something like the soundtrack to the Eurovision movie got a nomination, especially in a year like 2020, where there wasn't that much visual medium for soundtracks to be placed with. Right. I feel like if you looked at the discourse around this year's nominations, the big story this year was that uh, The weekend was shut out, but also fans of BTS are just like, they are the number one artist globally why are they not getting any grammy nominations or getting very few and again it's it's the grammys have a very american-centric music perspective a lot of american pop music comes out of places like sweden and other you know other places where there are plenty of writing camps when they do get nominations it tends to be more on like the behind the scenes production side where it gets tricky is being members of the recording academy the Mm -hmm. organization that actually runs the Grammys. And the case with a lot of Eurovision people, they're probably not going to be members of the Recording Academy. I mean, as you said, like it is 
primarily an American institution. So unless you're planning on working in America, you're probably not going to sign up for that membership, particularly if you win The Voice of Ukraine or X Factor Malta. If this is your first foray into the world of recorded music, like that's probably not enough to get in. Like I I think it's just kind of more of an eligibility issue more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is important to note that the first ever Grammy for both Record of the Year and Song of the Year uh, went to Valare. Went to Valare. Uh, yeah, which is such an interesting little tidbit. Um, and but. yeah, so far it's the only Eurovision song to win a Grammy and the only foreign language recording to win uh, those top tier awards. It could be time for a shakeup. It sounds like they have a lot of housekeeping that needs to happen. Oh, so yeah. No, 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 this no. this was, might not be was, at the top of the list. So. <laughs> like, there was a lot of controversy last year, and the Grammy said, we're going to fix this, and it, it's still just a mess. Thank you, Helen, for sending us that question. Getting into some of the news that's happened in the last couple of weeks, the logo for the 2021 contest uh, has been revealed, and it's sort of a tweaked version of what the logo was for 2020, which, if you think about it, a rainbow asterisk was probably the most on-the-nose thing they could have done for 2020, <laughs> not realizing um, <laughs> what they oh, were predicting. Hindsight, but, uh, hindsight, much like this year, is 2020. Yeah. This design is kind of using the same data-driven theory. So with this, like we've got some lovely arcs sort of going from the various capital cities of Europe into where Rotterdam is. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And for the idea of opening up, it's a different way of showing people coming together. And I like it. Yes. I think it's a little bit more pleasing to the eye. I, I remember when the, the 2020 logo came out, I kind of was hesitant about it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like a 80s airline design. Mm-hmm. And th- this one does feel a little bit more modern and telling a clearer story. I think it's easier to look at it, think for a minute and go, oh, those are the paths from one country to another, whereas the other one you had to think, okay, but how is this representing all of the data? The agency that put the logo together has a really interesting case study that we can have uh, linked to the show notes about like how the design came about and all of the other artsy elements that go into it. If you're a process nerd uh, about logo design type stuff, it, it's uh, a really cool thing to read. Uh, Israel had nine songs shortlisted. Online voting has closed. There are going to be three finalists, the top two from the online vote plus one jury wildcard. And those are going to be revealed in the new year on January 3rd. And then Eden will perform those songs at a national final on January 25th. Estonia, they revealed their songs on December 5th. Most of those songs are available on Spotify at this point. Uh, We're putting together a playlist for the individual countries as well as a master playlist of selection season. Uh, And we'll have links to all those in the show notes as well. Uh, Estonia has 24 songs that will be competing. The semifinals will be taking place on February 18th and February 20th. So you've got plenty of time to sit with the songs, ruminate on them, figure out which ones are your favorites, see if they still hold up two months from now. Uh, It'll be great. So... France. They are doing a one-night selection. The songs have dropped as of as of December 8th. Most of them are on Spotify, and I believe we have a playlist. Yep. Uh, and then the final will be in January, although we don't know when. And the hosts are Stéphane Bern and Lawrence Boccolini, winner of The Mass Singer France Season 1. So that's fun. Sweden announced the artists, song titles, and writers uh, for upcoming Melfest. We poured over the data for that one. Uh, ben, Ben, do you have any initial thoughts uh, on the field? Looking at the field, I did the number crunching. It was it was very interesting to see like how many names popped up a bunch. 
like Jimmy Joker Thornfeld. A lot of songwriting teams that are working with a number of artists. Uh, there are a lot of Eurovision alumni uh, mm-hmm. that are competing this year. It almost feels kind of like the Tournament of Champions thing that's happening in Estonia as well, mm-hmm. where uh, the Mamas will be coming back to try to regain the ticket that they were supposed to have this year. Daughter is in the mix, so there's probably going to be a lot of drama about that. Danny Saucedo and Eric Sade, who like I guess are kind of rivals in a way. Anyway, it's just like this feels so ten years ago because mm-hmm. that was kind of like <laughs> because the, the last time that they were facing off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charlotte Pirelli's back. Um, there are some new names uh, to Melfest as well, but there's also big names in Swedish pop uh, like uh, Tose, uh, who won Swedish Idol 2019, is going to be uh, in the mix. Like it, it does seem that they're trying to go for a little bit of variety. Like they do have a couple of uh, heavy metal or harder rock type bands uh in the mix they have bands in the mix i think that that, that is something they have bands in the mix uh, well. arvin yeah. garna is back mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. uh who represented sweden in 1993 and and have popped up in melfest from time to time and seem to be fill- fulfilling the dance band quotient which i'm always happy to see yeah looks like it's gonna be a pretty good mix uh still waiting to see how these 28 acts are gonna get split up uh across the various semifinals. uh but everything's gonna be happening in stockholm and they're probably not going to have an audience in the venue but they're trying to figure out some sort of virtual wall thing i'm not sure how that's supposed to work i'm just so over zoom walls full of people yeah just like they're just they're just depressing and dystopian please stop doing them please stop putting people (laughs) have you seen the video from the kelly clarkson show where they're playing they're playing a song and they have individual screens of each person in like portrait mode it's not just any song ben oh no 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 yeah i was about to say so i i watched that for the first time with the sound off and was like well this is depressing Mm -hmm. uh and then and then i listened to it with the sound on it was vin diesel's new single that's tropical house oh yeah that was i'm just like this is a nightmare this is yeah so bleak uh... <laughs> anyway uh in terms of other processes that are hopefully not as bleak portugal uh, announced their composers for uh, festival de Cancao. they also announced how the semifinals are going to be split we don't know who the actual artists are yet or uh what the songs are going to be but uh, there's starting to, there's a little bit more structure to the spreadsheet which is nice but we know that they're that they have split them into semifinals i appreciate the, uh these announcements. This this is how you do that piecemeal announcement, Cyprus. Okay, this is, this is how you do it, Cyprus. You don't just like dump everything and then be like, "Bye, we'll see you in March." Let's see. Uh, by the time this episode drops, uh, Croatia will probably have announced uh, which acts will be competing in Dora. Uh, the plan is to have 14 acts and four backup acts. Uh, the backups will fill in in case an act withdraws uh, before uh, the Dora rehearsals begin. Final is still scheduled for February 13th. Uh, and then Sanremo is announcing their artists on Thursday. And all we know so far is that Diodato is not in the competition. So uh, it will be somebody new representing Italy at Eurovision next year. Alora. <laughs> just, like, just like i like i love that that is now just a pavlovian response my brain has after 2020 is just that yeah. just the mention the mention of italy yeah the mention of italy i wonder if that's been the thing that has kept italy from winning the last several years where it's like oh their songs are so good but then it's like there's just enough people voting enough who, people like, who remember- are still shell-shocked from 1991 they are saving us from ourselves you know so (laughs) we think we know what we want the next big process thing that's going to be happening is festival congas 
It's scheduled for Monday the 21st, Tuesday the 22nd, Wednesday the 23rd. Since it's coming up, we should probably make some picks based on the 26 entries that are going to be competing uh, in this year's festival. Last time we talked about Albania... And you asked me what I remembered about Albania, and my mind just blanked, just became Mm -hmm. a void. The other thing that I was going to mention is that I remembered that oftentimes the songs will get performed in multiple styles. And this is still the case because we have one night that's orchestral and one night that is acoustic, which is somehow different from orchestral. And I've not seen any sort of clarity on what the difference is supposed to be. I I don't know. maybe, Maybe the second night's guitars? Solo guitar at a party edition. It, it could work. Mm-hmm. I think that might work with some of these, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then night three will be uh, the final. We don't know how, like all 26 songs will perform on night one. They'll all perform again on night two. We don't know how many are going to make it to the final in night three. It's always kind of a wild card. Like I think last year they said that there'll be 10 and then there ended up being 12. Yeah, it's Albania is a loose cannon playing by its own rules. <laughs> Anything so, can happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, both of us have gone through uh, all 26 entries and made some picks on uh, what we like. Yes. Yeah. So just thinking about our last episode, one thing that came to mind, Maitana, and how it just sort of revealed to me that, oh, Albania could be sending an ethno banger just mm-hmm. like at any time if they wanted to. I feel like having listened to The Field, I would very much like an, an ethno banger from Albania. 26 songs from one country is a lot to listen to. Yes. Looking over some of the details of the contest, looking at the jury this year, saw that both Yonita uh, Maliki and Eugent were both on the jury this year. And having listened to Maul recently, I hear that a lot in a lot of the entries they have. And like, I limited myself to two picks, but I also liked uh, what Florent Abrashi was putting down. As mm. far as the as far as the entries that sounded like Maul, I liked what he was doing with Vajay. The one that really spoke to me, and the more I sit with it, uh, the more I realize it's the one that sounds the most like think about things to me, of all things, uh, is Angie Nasufi's Nyo Soy. We're going to talk about Spotify later, and this just sort of ties in with a lot of my Spotify listening this year of I've been listening to more up-tempo things. I've been listening to dancier things because I've been inside the house a lot, and it's been a way to lighten the mood. Mm -hmm. I would like countries to send their best up-tempo bop, and this one spoke to me. Yeah, I'm interested about the think about things connection because okay that, that it mm-hmm. definitely feels very 2020 and it's kind of in the same space that Dua Lipa is occupying right now and yes, feels it, it, like I don't want to say that it's like a clone of her no it's like that mm-hmm. Albanian pop that is all the rage right now I, so. I would yeah like I would I would say definitely would have been in like the writing room with Dua Lipa or would have been like in the conversation for like the Kylie Minogue disco album mm. where like it's very much in that same space and with like a few other artists I was listening to a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to it. Hold in the back of your mind the idea of of think about things and, and much like the FedEx arrow, it will appear. I also tried to limit myself to two, but really this was the only one that jumped out where it was no Albania needs to send this is uh, Mirud's Nosevdes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
this one definitely has that think about things. Uh, I, I wrote down in my notes, uh, Dothy metrics. Like this feels so constructed for Eurovision. And it has the elements of Meitana that I think everybody was responding to last year in terms of it being an ethno banger. I get kind of a soldy vibe from okay. it. Okay, I like both of those. Yeah, and it just feels so calculated and calibrated for Eurovision because it's only like two minutes, 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Going over the field as a whole, I was looking at songs that were like four and a half minutes long and going, okay, if you win, you have to cut out like a decent chunk of your song. Even even Angie Nasufi, like that song is three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. It just feels... So spot on. And it's such an earworm for me as well. Like, I, I, it has been in my head for the past 48 hours. Okay. And I, I really like this one. And and so that's why I was kind of surprised that the one that you, you suggested as, as being Think About Things. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't catch that at all. But the other, the other thing about Midwood's uh, entry is that one's on Spotify and Angie's isn't. So. Aha. I need to go back and listen to Me Roods again because maybe it was just the mood I was in last night when I was going over these again where, where I did not pick up that think about things thing. But I'm wondering just sort of as a whole is if all of the countries are going to look at what Iceland did this year mm-hmm. and if if that is the new Fuego clone. Oh, interesting. That's a high level of difficulty to pull off because I think right. think about things is so idiosyncratic having listened to more of Dothi's work this year. Right. That's kind of why I wanted to start using the term dothymetrics because yeah. I think oh yeah that, no i love that, that i love is, that we're, we're, yeah we're, we're keeping that one that is definitely something to keep an eye on and maybe be concerned about because i i don't know if i want your vision built in a lab uh, especially if it's mm-hmm. going to be 26 entries especially uh, if, it's a, of if, if everybody yeah. is doing that yeah like that yeah could get exhausting were there any other ones that uh, caught your ear yeah the other one and i'm gonna just butcher the pronunciation of this because i cannot roll my r's and you definitely okay. have to roll your r's for this one uh Era Rusi's Jarim. one was in the same kind of ethno bangery space and uh, reminded me of Maitana. That is what I want from Albania in my heart of hearts is I want Maitana. Um, mm-hmm. And like this one has like the same sort of slower intro. And then when it gets going, it gets going. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in my notes, I have like feels bombastic, like, mm-hmm. it, but I, I'm not sure if it is bombastic. The, the thing that really grabs me, the promo pictures for, for this set of entries has, is just fascinating. And I want to know uh-huh. like what the process is for them. But this one in particular uh, she's in a dress and one of and like the right sleeve of the dress has a bunch of melted candles and like the candles are lit or at least the appearance of melting candles. Yeah, I had that in my notes as well, that hers was the most interesting of the contestant photos. Is this something we're going to see in the live performance? Is it... <laughs> I kind of doubt that. that, that I kind of like doubt a, that as well. A, a health, it seems, like, it seems like a very issue. cool promo picture. End of story. Yeah, really, I think this is, this one is going to come down to the live performance. I think the studio track is fine, and hearing it live, I think, could elevate it, but it could also just could be... also do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So the high high risk, high reward, I guess, mm-hmm. would uh, would be the best way to describe the song. If it if it were to win, I wouldn't be upset about it. What was your other favorite, Mike? 
the other one that uh, kind of caught my ear. I don't know if this is necessarily praise or not, but Evie Rachie's year. This year, I'm also going to create a playlist of all of the entries that sound like theme music or promo music for TV shows, uh, since there always seem to be a handful of those every always. year. And yeah, my immediate note for this entry was it sounds like the Shondaland promo theme uh, when Shonda Rhimes was still at ABC. <laughs> like, like I could see this be like the song, the soundtrack for the ads for season three of How to Get Away with Murder or something. <laughs> I'm so glad that that selection season has started and we get to start cooking up the weirdest comparisons again. Mm -hmm. I think the song is fine. I could take it or leave it, but I I, I think the fact that it could be used in in that capacity means that it has some sort of hook to it or it's a strong enough pop song where it can work in other contexts, you know? Okay. 26 is a lot of songs to go through. And like, Mm -hmm. I would just knowing that like, not all of these are going to make the final. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to get too attached to one of these because what I want out of the uh, out of Albania this year is not what the majority of the field is. So Albania right. and I just maybe don't see eye to eye in twenty twenty one, and that's fine. Especially with the way that songs win at FIK, mm-hmm. like it, it's there's no audience vote or anything. It's all jury vote, and it's very difficult to tell like what the jury is looking for. So. Who knows? All four of these may not make it to the final. I kind of doubt that that's going to be the case. Uh, like th- these are these are all quality songs, and really, like the whole field. I, the whole I don't field, think yeah. Really looking forward to FIK, and not just because it's like the first Eurovision thing of the season. Even in normal times, this is a very strong field, and this is going to be a very fun contest to watch. Yes, thinking about the Eurovision songs from this year. Have you looked at your Spotify Wrapped, Mike? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it's a disaster. For... <laughs> oh, yours is a disaster. Okay. I will tell you how I completely broke my my Spotify rap this year. I hesitate to call it a ritual because I now no longer listen to this, but like there was a period in the summer and I think I was just getting particularly stressed out from the quarantine and the pandemic and life in general. And like added a bunch of stuff to to uh, an all instrumentals playlist affectionately referred to as yoga ass music Mm -hmm. but then i got super into listening to eric hall's one man rendition of steve reich's music for 18 musicians and was listening to that every weekday for 10 weeks oh wow i eventually diversified that list of what i was listening to in the morning while i did while i had my coffee and did the crossword and stuff like that realized in late september oh spotify wrapped is gonna catch all of that Huh. And Spotify wraps usually wraps up its tabulation at the end of October. So, right. I so you had no time from, to fix that. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it had no time to pick up. Like, I mean, it did pick up some stuff that I was listening to. There were a bunch of songs where I would just like listen to them on repeat. For mm-hmm. I took the playlist Spotify gave me of my top songs of 2020 and then made a new version of the list, cutting out all of Music for 18 Musicians, cutting out all of the other things from my instrumental playlist where I'm just like, Okay, yes, I did listen to these a lot, but like it's not reflective of what else I was listening to. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that had I listened to only the English version of Think About Things, it probably would have been my top song. Mm-hmm. But I split the vote on myself by listening to it both in English and in Icelandic because I am that kind of hipster. Also in my top 10, 
Gabrielius Vangelis' Tave Shambrandu from uh, Pabandum is Now. Mm. Spotify had like a new thing this year where they pointed out a track that you were listening to before it hit 50,000 streams. Uh-huh. The one I, I had for that was the first track on Kano's album from this May. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which that song is very good. Highly yeah. recommended. There are a lot of artists here like Dua Lipa is the, is the one who got all the Grammy nominations. Mm. Uh, Jessie Ware is the one that I've been checking every end of year and Grammy list for. Because mm-hmm. I thought what she did on What's Your Pleasure was... If Dua Lipa's album is like the disco album for the people in their 20s, Jesse Wears is definitely like the 30-year-old one. Uh, and then Rasheen Murphy's Rasheen Machine. Mm-hmm. All were in like the same vibe this year. And like different times of the night at like the same party, I think. The Dua Lipa is early in the night. Jesse Ware is sort of late night. And then the Rasheen Murphy is just sort of getting to like early, early morning. It's great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, my wrapped, it was just such a mess. I mean, like, I, I think part of it is, like, in preparation for this podcast, like, getting ready for an episode where we're talking about selection season. I'm listening to those specific playlists multiple times and pulling clips for the show. Uh, so my top track was Attention, uh, <laughs> which... um Okay. And I mean, and also part of that is just like, well, Norway's process. Oh, yeah, I should I should clarify. It's Norway's attention, not Lithuania's attention. Uh, <laughs> I know I've said in the past how much I love uh, Lithuania. Either anyway, of those is uh, possible. Yeah, it's fine. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, so it's just like, huh, that was my top track. And then Spotify or Apple also say like how many times you listen to the song. And I think like my number was just six, which, okay, number one, how does that make it my top track? Because I know there are other songs that I listen to many many more times so i'm not even sure what they are considering a play mm-hmm. in this data and then going through the playlists that they made the first non eurovision final what well, song that it was actually going to compete at eurovision this year uh number 25 uh was a song by we all poop uh, so. <laughs> i thought we were never gonna have to say that phrase again on this podcast yeah uh i i was delighted to see that that was the case there was there was actually a lot of the check selection was uh in the list but but again that was in january so had a lot of time to build up those plays and it was also like a good set of eight songs mm-hmm. uh so there was a lot of stuff from the check selection a lot of stuff from lithuania selection uh drip was number 29 uh, drip which, was also on mine <laughs> definitely non-eurovision uh fiona apple's fetch the bolt cutters i don't think it showed up on my list at all it's like oh i know i listened to that several times so yeah i think my individual wrapped was uh more warped than wrapped but uh we'll we'll, we'll we'll take spotify's word for it what songs have changed for you either either in a good way or in a bad way i don't know if there's been so much of a shift i mean there, there are some that have stuck with me longer but i think that might have happened in a normal year the one that i think i have the most profound reaction to is tears getting sober and i think part of that is when that song came out that was during geek bowl weekend and mm-hmm. like you were in town and uh we were having like the the panopticon watching of like <laughs> all of the national finals uh at the same time again do not recommend but i also made a lot of food during that and just made like these spinach pie things and there was like a lot of really interesting smells in my apartment and so much activity going on at the time. And that was when Tears Getting Sober dropped. And I just have such a strong sense memory when I listen to that song. And it's like the one of the last things to happen before everything <laughs> shut down. Uh-huh. And it's just it's like, like, oh, this is like the last thread of the before times. 
And this is the last normal days soundtrack. Yeah. And and just thinking of like that song, like having that distinction, it's like I mean it was a song that I already really liked. I like I compared it to Fiona Apple in in a number of ways. And it has a profound effect, but I don't know. I, I I still don't know how it kind of stacks up in the overall catalog of Eurovision songs, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How about how about for you? The ones that have surprised me are the ones that I feel like I dismissed early on and that over the course of the year have become delightful every time they pop up on my Spotify playlist. Because like, mm-hmm. Chains on You, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was very mean to. Every time it pops up on my playlist, it's delightful. I think I've talked about on the show uh, how David Na has grown on me. Mm-hmm. The best in me still feels like a Folgers ad. Still down for it. My Last Breath, I think, was already sort of near the wheelhouse of the type of British pop I listen to. It'll get started. And I won't realize that it's uh, James Newman and, and like I'll, that I will just let it finish playing. The Roop's On Fire is just has just been okay when it pops up for me now yeah that one kind of burned hot and i'm not sure that it necessarily had the longevity we thought it did it was on fire and now it is and now it is now (laughs) story of my life do i think it would have made the final unclear Mm. um does it sound like something that you're playing over like the the end credits of like a high school movie yes is it still a lot of fun yes i think i would agree that that one has been a grower like i i I do i do like it more than i did initially and i know i really did not care for it initially and then the one that i have like a weird relationship with now is uh still breathing because now i just look at the image of samantha tina's dancers with like their their windex and their face visors Mm -hmm. like what did she know yeah what did she know (laughs) i mean everything about it is just like oh 2020 in a nutshell yeah and like (sighs) i i like the live performances of that one more than i like the studio version of the track and i don't know if it's just because i like the part of the song and the performance where it just feels like my tv is having a seizure Uh (laughs) uh-huh she is living her best life she is living her best life (laughs) I'm so excited to see what she has cooked up for 2021. Oh, yeah. uh, Well, and also the other indelible moment I have attached to that song is the person on Twitter who did a mashup of that and the Terminator 2 scene with the nuclear bomb. (laughs) And it's just so wonderfully timed. Yeah. Thank you, person on Twitter who did that. (laughs) Woo! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What I'm really looking forward to is seeing how the 2020 songs get presented in the esc 250 like i i, th- I yes. think that's going to be it's going to be a different countdown this year than previous years I, I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping for some shakeups mm-hmm. I, w- I would love some shakeups we both submitted ballots uh we we, yes. tweeted, we tweeted those out earlier i th- have a feeling we use different processes to come up with our 10 yeah i can walk through my process i voted on the day that things were closing what i did is i sat down and i I started with the 2020 songs and then just sort of scrolled through the spotify playlist i build a spotify playlist every year and i add stuff to that and i've been adding a lot of eurovision again things Mm. and literally just sat down and had like a, a pad of paper in front of me and was just like writing down songs and like if one song would spark the idea of another just like kept doing that, went over to my iTunes, sort of scrolled through those, thought of, okay, what songs immediately come to mind? And it, I immediately have a strong response to and ended up with a, a long list of like 40 songs, roughly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I did is I popped them into the tool that I often use when we are making our rankings for the normal Eurovision season that randomizes and gives me two at a time and like started doing that mm-hmm. with them. Oh, no. Which for 40 songs yeah. is a lot of... Oh, um, and, but like, but like very quickly realized 
uh, as I was getting into that, like, okay, so, like, mentally I am, like, choosing specific songs, like, every time I see them show up, regardless of what they're against. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back and let's think about what those songs are and just do this with those instead of doing this big, long exercise that you're you're still sort of mentally controlling anyways. Right. So cut that down to about 12 songs. And I didn't have any rules around the number of entries from a given country, which, again, if you look at the screenshots of our ballots, it's very obvious <laughs> this one is mine. Mine is the one that has like four songs from Iceland on it. Yeah. The 10 that I selected, I'm I'm pretty good with. If I could make one change to my ballot, I would probably drop fuego just because fuego is going to get enough votes it does not need my help mm. and i probably would would have added in uh samantha tina just because i like i i do like the idea of that song even if the 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 recorded version is not my favorite rendition my favorite rendition is the one where it's her performance on that rooftop from the at home series where it's her with a live drummer uh, yeah. and she's just living her life I'm not sure if you saw the one uh, where it was the Spanish home concerts and like she was like <laughs> total wine and energy. Like she was just like inside uh, the, her the apartment. She's and- just like in her inside her apartment and there's like too many candles and she's in a fringe outfit. That thing could go up at any second. Yes. Yes. Um, but, okay, <laughs> that so one yeah, is my like favorite. The, but <laughs> that one is also very good. But yeah, the ones that just missed the mark were uh, Ping Pong's Be Happy, which hmm. the live version of that song is not great, but like. That one has just, like, drilled its way into my brain. And, like, the recorded (laughs) version is a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, Ding a Dong. My process was stupid but it was um, <laughs> i mean it's this is a very silly thing so it's, yeah yeah i mean the whole thing is like it's just limiting it to 10 particularly because i mean i've been covering eurovision songs since 2010 so that's like almost 500 songs there then you have all of the eurovision again stuff throwing all sorts of new stuff at me uh at me specifically mm-hmm. no but i mean it's just like there's just so many things to choose from it's like only 10 so try to make a short list one song from each country there's definitely recency bias going into that and then there are some mm-hmm. countries where it's just like well i don't have any exposure to andorra because they've never made it to the final and i'm not going to do like extra deep research on this i gotta get this ballot in it doesn't feel like there's that much change in my ballot from last year to this year. The only new piece in the conversation, I would say, is Sappho's Visionary Dream, Georgia's entry uh, in 2007. And man, oh man, that is just such a fantastic performance. And yeah, it was also Georgia's debut. I was about to say, such a great debut. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Georgia has entered the chat. And if anything, it's like with my list, I I think it's putting high value on songs that are like kind of non-traditional in form or like mm-hmm. trying trying to introduce something that is not a typical Eurovision entry. And that one, I fully give credit to Eurovision again for introducing me to that because I don't think I would have discovered it mm-hmm. otherwise well, you- or appreciated it the way that I appreciate it now. Same for me and, and Sufi. Like Sufi needs to be on my ballot somewhere just because <laughs> that is the that is the one from from Eurovision again, watching Twitter react to that song in real time as we all discovered this was mm-hmm. great. But then the person, again, shout out to, to to Eurovision Twitter this year, the person who made the fan cam of Mr. Niff yeah. with, uh, <laughs> with Sufi as the backing music. Yeah. And and Tuto as the as the video game villain that yeah. that ruins <laughs> that ruins things. I'm really excited about 
listening to this and like particularly since it's just like well i'm not going to be doing anything else on new year's eve day so Mm -hmm. uh yeah just firing up esc radio and listening along with everybody else so i want to see how much eurovision again shakes up the 250 yeah how did we end up getting into all of this eurovision stuff anyway yes yes (laughs) i told you i told you that i had a question from past me yes uh i'm trying to remember what the exact context for why i was listening to uh Ozone's Dragostai Dinte. It popped up, and all of a sudden I was like, when did this song come out? Specifically, when did the Numa Numa dance, which is how the world at large learned more about the song? When was that a thing? Right. And that was like somewhere in like the the early mid two thousands. Right. When I had to watch this, I was on a fifty six k internet connection, and we had to wait for the flash video to load. <laughs> in my day, we waited for the Homestar Runner cartoon to load, and we liked it. Like I was looking at the details of Ozone's Drago Stadinte. Oh, this is a Moldovan song. I've liked Moldova's music for years. It turns out. Huh. Ozone is is Moldovan. The song is in Romanian. Oh, uh, but okay. but but I but you can probably put a direct line between that and me finding Eurovision a few years later. That makes a ton of sense. Yes, and around the same time, another thing that I think was also probably on Newgrounds because I don't think it was, I don't remember originally watching on YouTube is uh, Bass Hunter has a song called well actually it has like a full Swedish name but it's mostly just known as Dota. <laughs> There is an Instagram person that does a weekly stories thing called Vine Magazine. Mm-hmm. That is just a mashup of content that's happening on the TikTok, and that is the only way that I consume most TikTok content. Uh-huh. And they were playing this one clip, and it was something that was using the melody from Dota, but wasn't Dota, that immediately just like put another light on in my brain of just like, this was also happening in 2006, around the same time you're listening to Numa Numa. <laughs> Dota is a song about uh, people sitting in their rooms on Ventrilo playing... Uh, dawn of the ancients land party stuff basically uh this song is entirely in swedish i did not play dota i did not have the internet connection to do land games and yet i consumed this culture and and i think and then i had like a third one i i thought of when i was out on a walk today that does feel like a much more direct connection because she did ultimately end up representing germany but also around 2007 that was about when uh when cascada hit america right have you watched the video for every time we touch recently? Recently, no. Is, is okay. that is that the one that's like at a football thing? I might I might be confusing it with something. That else. might be a different Cascada song. This one's yeah. like a sexy library party. Uh... <laughs> it, it, Those three words. The video is together. very 2007. <laughs> the very the video is very 2007, and they and like oh, unlike man. other music videos on YouTube, they have not remastered it, so it is in very poor quality. Oh, awesome. I, I will have yeah. to check that one out. Uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting that you bring up all the music videos, because the way that I became radicalized, I am the youngest of seven kids, and so growing up, uh, there was a lot of MTV uh, in the house, because it was 
the 80s and um highly recommend i want my mtv by uh craig marks and rob tannenbaum which is like an yes, oral history it's, it's very good anyway always been interested in music videos around i want to say this was like 99 or 2000 we started getting this channel called world link tv every so often they would have like a half hour hour long block of music videos and they would be music videos from around the world like no real rhyme or reason. It was, I, I think it was just a case. It's like, oh, we have this, we have this tape. Let's just throw it in the VCR, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, and there was this one video for this song called "Gamin" by this Swedish group called Garmarna. <laughs> There was just something about the music that just really spoke to me. Like it just kind of had like just the electronicness of it. But then like you could just sort of tell that there was like a storytelling element in there. There's just so much going on in this one track. It's like, oh, this is interesting. What's going on here? <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it just kind of like caused me to pay a little bit more attention to stuff that that was happening outside of the U.S. And I think it was also around the time that I was like kind of into anime. So like listening to a lot of J-pop, uh, a lot of really bad J-pop, but J-pop mm-hmm. nonetheless. Uh, and also like being like really into Dance Dance Revolution at the time. So beginning of the 2000s, like having access to Audio Galaxy and anytime somebody in my college dorm was just like, oh, have you heard this song? It's like, oh, I don't know, go download it. And... Yeah, so just being really receptive to whatever songs are out there. It's like, oh, yeah, this sounds interesting. Let let me just grab that and uh, see how it goes. And I I think it was just sort of a natural progression at that point. Eurovision was going to be inevitable uh, Mm -hmm. just just from the random crossover. Like, I'm sure Cascada probably would have been a gateway at some point. Like, if if I hadn't picked up Eurovision at 2010, maybe would have become aware of it in 2013 be like oh cascada I, I i've heard of them what are they up to oh what what's this thing that they're that they're doing it's crazy that we've done this for three years and uh i think we've got another three years in us at least another hundred episodes i'm happy to see 2020 off i'm excited to what 2021 brings i'm i'm optimistic i hope everybody's optimistic yes we need optimism <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode and this year of The Year of What. Thanks for listening. The Year of What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb. That's me. You can subscribe to The Year of What on the podcast app of your choice. When you subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and help other Eurovision fans find us. You can contact us through our website at eurowhat.com and on social media at eurowhat. We will be on Twitter during Eurovision Again, Festivali Ikengis, and the ESC 250 Countdown. We'll be back in your podcast feed in January. We've made it to 2021, y'all. 